Welcome. And this is MIFV Special Report number three. And this is another episode of The Cellcast. Shorts. Although I don't know how short this is going to be. <laughs> Our shorts episodes are never short. Yeah, they're, they're, they never are. Although this will probably be a little bit shorter than normal for all of our shows. Sure, Jimmy. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's it, it just it's too bad you're here because you scared Deal away. It just mm, yeah. She just dropped us off and then left. We don't know what happened. I'm I, sure. uh, they, yeah, I think it turned into something. Yeah, this time. Yeah, this time. Yeah, weird things happen to both uh, to all of us all the time, fellas. Yes, but yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I had to do <laughs> this. Yes, <laughs> that was my dress, <laughs> and it's on my show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been waiting five years for that. <laughs> Sorry, Dave, that was really loud, though. He he, t- he turned into dog for a second. <laughs> the, that is the great way to transition. Oh, no, That's a great way to transition because we're talking about the about the Skull Island air quotes up to the mic anime. Yeah, opinions, anime. A- opinions. Well, on Netflix, I like. Okay, I I, I didn't know it was even going to drop. Because in true Netflix fashion, they told everybody, hey, we're going to finally release the show we haven't talked about for like two years in three weeks or whatever, you know, in a month. And I'm like, wait, what? Oh, um, okay. So this is why it's a special report. The first special, re- special report I did was an experiment. The second one was a gag. So, you know, I don't know how often these are going yeah. to yeah. happen, but yeah. So we're talking. Oh, Whereas uh, these shorts for me and Jacob are just random episodes that seem to be cover whatever random subject we want to talk about. For, so. Yes, for sure. And I'm like, okay, it's an animated series. I got to get the Cellcast guys in on this because they are my animation experts. <laughs> Although I guess to some degree, this could be a reaction too. Yeah, yeah this way, is yeah, also true. Reaction. This yeah. is more reaction. So reaction sure <laughs> we're changing the title <laughs> i am reaction altering works. the deal yeah. pray i do not alter it I any work. further <laughs> you're welcome jimmy <laughs> where's that Anyone, i'm altering yeah. the title pray i do not alter it any further that, <laughs> that makes more sense anyway uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah right yeah so yeah so I'm going to get through some, you know, as you guys would call it, info and stuff. But, you know, I'll be spearheading this a little bit. So this is an, okay. First off, I just want to point out that Netflix is calling this an anime. If I might get on a little bit of a soapbox. (laughs) I do not consider this an anime because for me, it has to be from Japan to be anime because there's an intangible thing if it's produced in Japan that... American animes just don't have, so I don't consider them that. So, sorry, people. I don't think Avatar The Last Airbender qualifies as anime, even though it looks a lot like an anime. This is why I always call it anime styled. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because it's obviously aping the style of anime, but there's enough Americanisms in it. 
Yeah. Yes, aping. <laughs> Actually, Jimmy, you wanted this button there. <laughs> Either way. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, it's you were a, saying. It's almost an homage to the anime style. It has the the well, style and somewhat of the feel to it, but it doesn't have the gusto or the, 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 it, the that, prominence of it. That is if you yeah. mix it with the animation style of Godzilla, the series. Yeah. Well, we'll unpack that a little bit more when we talk, when we get into you know a proper discussion, but yes. this was a Netflix anime released June 22nd, 2023. So, mm-hmm. you know, Taking a little, it, it it's taken a little bit of effort to get all of our schedules to line up. I was trying to, I was you know wanting to get this released as close to the release of it as I could. Understandable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's that we already had plans for the Fourth of July. <laughs> yeah, that's for yeah, we all did. And yeah. this the this was produced by Legendary Television because so, it's part of the MonsterVerse. Although I think right it. It's place in the monster versus dubious, but we'll get into that. And it was the animation was done by Powerhouse Animation, who's done several projects for Netflix, most notably the Castlevania show. And they did that revival of Masters of the Universe that was incredibly divisive, like most modern yeah. revivals are. So, you know, right. we'll just leave it at that. That's a can of kaiju worms, I, uh, or in this case, a can of graboids. I do not feel like opening. <laughs> but they're also the ones that have done, like, all the 2D animation for Sonic the Hedgehog in the last couple mm-hmm. years. And True. they have also done animation for the Dawn of the Monsters video game. So they've That's done right. other kaiju projects. Yes. And Dawn of the Monsters is a fantastic game, in case anyone was wondering. So just thought i would bring that up so it here's the thing this was announced in 2021 and then we didn't really hear anything for it the writer uh, is yes writer creator executive producer director showrunner you know, and, you know he wears basically all the hats his name was brian duffold i had to look this guy up because well opinions and I found out that this gentleman has actually worked on something else that even if you don't consider it kaiju, it's at least kaiju adjacent, that being Love and Monsters, the 2020 film. Hmm. And Underwater, but I haven't seen Underwater, but I from my kaiju podcast friends have told me Underwater is technically kaiju. Yeah, that's one with Kristen Stewart. Is it? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So knowing yeah, that I'm looking, I'm looking through his IMDB right now and I am not impressed. Yeah. <laughs> other than love and monsters, I've seen love and monsters. Love and monsters is actually pretty good. I mean, the fact that he wrote the divergent series. Oh, excuse me. He movie. wrote love and monsters. He didn't direct it. Correction. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote it. So, which again, anyway. opi- uh, again, opinions. So, you know, there, but there a wasn't anything that will be spread around tonight. That right. True. He also, he also produced cocaine bear. He did. Bear. Yeah. He produced that. Oh I boy. That exists. Yeah. That is a, that is a thing that exists. That isn't, that is a thing. That I is a I'd thing. Watch Winnie the Pooh blood and honey. Uh, God help me. If I have a patron who decides to, th- it tries to sponsor cocaine bear. <laughs> But yeah, so like I said, it was announced in January 2021. There was basically nothing on it. Like, I think the most we got was a teaser poster of a Kong footprint on the beach of Skull Island. That was it. 
Mm. And that's about as generic as anything you can do with this stuff. Uh-huh. 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 And I I am not 100% convinced that this wasn't originally a non-MonsterVerse project that they tried to shoehorn into the MonsterVerse. Because I can see it maybe being like a King Kong project. Yeah, because but, Kong does have maybe, one foot in public domain. Yeah, yeah. So at least that. Because I know there's actually isn't there like a dis a Disney Plus show based on Kong. It's still they're trying progress, to get it made. Yeah. So I mean, I could see that, and then they got Legendary in on, it, and so they tried to make it fit in, but eh, we'll, we'll get, get into it. it. We'll get to it. We'll, we'll get, get into it because we'll it's there. supposed we'll to take place in the nineties. So it's between Kong Skull Island. That's the other problem with this is now I have to make a distinction between Skull Island, the TV show, and Kong Skull Island, the movie. So it's between that and Godzilla 2014. And they never say it takes place in the 90s because I'm going to be honest with you. None of these characters act like they're living in the 90s. No. The technology barely registers as 90s. And supposedly, yeah. from what I was reading, it's supposed to be 1992, 1993, thereabouts. I'm like, mm. you did a terrible job communicating that. Yeah. Also, yeah, this, that, this could have happened at any time. It really could have. Also, I'm seeing on here on IMDb that another production studio that was that helped out with this was something called Tractor Pants. That's got to be like the audio studio that did the act, that recorded the, the audio. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> The, the acting. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. voice acting. Voice yeah. acting, yes. Thank yeah. you. So, you know, and then just some other quick nuggets to mention here. And this is something I did observe while watching it. The episodes were produced in a 178-1 aspect ratio, but all of the flashbacks were 239-1. So they are even more widescreen. Well, yeah, one's more yeah. your standard television definition mm-hmm. dimensions. The other is cinematic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but other than that, I can't find, at least with a quick cursory search, I can't find too much information on the production of the show. It just hasn't come up near as I can tell. But it is the first traditionally animated King Kong series since Kong the Animated Series from 2001. Mm -hmm. There is a CGI show on Netflix, but nobody talks about it because it's terrible. Hmm. I looked up what else that Tractor Pants studio did to try and figure out what they did. And the only other thing they've worked on is the new Tomb Raider show. Oh, boy. But they just appear to be post-production, so. Oh, boy. That shouldn't tell you much. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, only yeah. two things they've done hmm. so far. Yeah. But anyway. But anyway. But anyway. Uh, you know, like I said, not I can't find a whole lot about it. You know, little bits of trivia here and there that we'll probably get into while we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish there was. Uh, I wish there was some more. But to do a quick rundown on the cast we have here, so our our main cast members are Nicholas Cantu. I hope I said the right as Charlie May Whitman as Annie. Oh boy, but there. May Whitman. Mae Whitman actually has a pedigree, a pretty extensive pedigree. In both live action and animation, she has voiced Batgirl in a few mm-hmm. DC projects. She mm-hmm. was one of the evil exes 
in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I can't remember her name. I think it was Roxy something. I can't. It was Roxy Richter. Roxy Richter. That's right. Which, so that's actually how I know her. I also know her because she was the president's daughter in Independence Day. And I just rewatched yeah. that with my family. <laughs> hmm. So I was looking up her filmography. I was like, oh, man, she's done a lot of stuff. She was in an episode of Godzilla the series. It's like all these things. Well, this is actually kind of cool. You got a lot of stuff. And Oh, this show. Yes. Mm-hmm. This show. We'll get to that. Yeah. And then we have Darren Barnett as Mike. Those are our three main characters. You could honestly call them teenage Kennys. Pretty much. We'll get into that. Benjamin Bratt as Cap. I don't know why he's listed as a main cast member here on Wikipedia because he's only in one episode. Betty he's Gilpin as Irene. Most of the episodes. Yeah, he'd be like, yeah, he's the most of them. Yeah, is he? That's oh, Charlie's Cap. Not, okay, I'm thinking of the, I'm thinking of a You're different thinking guy. You're thinking of Hero. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Cap is yeah, the dad. Cap episode. is the dad. Yeah. Cap is the dad. Phil Lamar as Sam. And then... Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's Frida or Frida, but it's F R Y D A. I think it's Frida. Probably yeah. Frida. Frida Wolf Frida. as Island Girl. Couldn't bother Best to character. give her a name. Yeah, agreed. Really, guys? And then Tanya Gunati as Islander. I don't even know which one that is. There were a lot of those guys. Exactly. You miss John DiMaggio as Crybaby Merc. You know, oh yeah, in this thing. Because <laughs> I don't For know if that was—I was, don't know if that was meant to be funny or in very poor taste. <laughs> I don't know either. Uh, the what the most confusing part for me is Thomas Tull is listed as an executive producer. And I don't know if that was just because they usually put his name on anything MonsterVerse. Because I don't think he's been involved with Legendary since King of the Monsters 2019. Maybe he had something to do with it early on before he left. That's the only thing I, I can think. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of. But anyway, it was eight episodes, mercifully short. And spoiler warning, they're only about one and a half of them are good. <laughs> In our opinion. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Because yeah. apparently critical opinion disagrees with us. I don't yeah. trust the critics anymore. <laughs> I haven't trusted the critics since I was very little. As you sh- as you should. As <laughs> Except you us. Should. Listen to us. We're good critics. Yeah, yeah yes. Apparently. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> I will have none of that from you, Jimmy. Just do not doubt my powers of criticism. Anyway, uh, I don't know what we. Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out how to how we would do a plot synopsis for this. I will just read the official description for That'll this because yep. we're gonna unpack all the details of this. I don't normally do this, but here we go. So the official description reads as thus: A new chapter in Legendary's MonsterVerse franchise. Skull Island is a thrilling animated adventure series that follows shipwreck characters desperate to escape the most dangerous place on Earth, a mysterious island home to prehistoric monsters, including the greatest titan of them all, Kong. I have some issues with some adjectives in that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that's... I hate to break it to you guys, but that is basically every Skull Island story ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's the Skull Island movie. 
people get uh, get stranded on island want to get off island. So yeah, I guess we'll talk. That'll be mo- all right. Except the movie was better. Uh, yes, but I okay. I didn't like so the film. I have issues with the film too. Yeah. Well, it's uh, you mean the, the movie or the show? I'm confused. No, no, no. We were saying the movie was better than okay. the show. Yeah. And we both have problems with the movie. Got exactly. it. Anyway, so since we're already there, I should mention this. We are going to be borrowing from our friend Ben Avery over at Strangers and Aliens and Welcome to Level 7, among other podcasts. So I guess with apologies to Ben Avery, we will be stealing his little analysis quadrant that he likes to use for on a lot of his podcasts. So we'll be talking about this anime in terms of its plot, character, style, and theme. And we're already talking about the plot. So let's get into it with the plot. So yes, yeah, I was going to be honest with you. I knew even before they were announcing details for this, that I already knew. I was like, I know what, if you're calling it Skull Island, I already know what the story is. People get stranded on Skull Island, we'll have to get off the island. That is, you know, that's the original Kong. That's actually most Kong movies. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. So, you know, if only for a little while. Admittedly, I did not pay attention to the lead up on this at all. Mm -hmm. So when I watched the trailer, I was kind of open. Oh, well, maybe this is explaining Monarch setting up the big base that we see in in Godzilla versus Kong. I thought that's what we were getting, though. No, 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 it's just the the same story you get in, like I said, in most Kong. Even if it's not the entire movie, it's still a part of it. People get on the island, want to get off it because trust me i've talked to the scientists here on monster island everything on skull island wants to kill you (laughs) everything Mm -hmm. if you find something friendly on skull island it's probably only going to be friendly for about five minutes and then it's going to try to eat you of course you look tasty because you are tasty and go good with ketchup I don't know, yeah. but yes. uh, sauce on top of it. Skull Island ketchup made Skull. from real ketchup, mo- ketchup bugs. I don't know if those are real, but I will talk to someone to find out. But so here's the thing. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I probably. So maybe, here's, maybe do. but here's the thing. Even if it is the same plot you would expect, where the show could have excelled was in the details. Mm-hmm. yes agree that's what it, if you're going to use that kind of a story you have to make the details work why are they stranded on the island what well, is there other things going on on the island you know right. we'll get into the characters later but you know it's like that's where you have to you know excel to use a shout out to my friends nick and tim over on derail trains of thought because they talk about the show all the time that's what made the show lost interesting we've seen mm-hmm. plenty of stories about people get stranded on an island well, yeah. what made Lost so compelling, one, was the characters, and two, weird things are going on all the time on the island, so there's this big mystery. And that is a part where I do think this show stumbles, because they rarely do that. <laughs> they barely have enough time to do anything the way the way this thing is plotted out, because every couple minutes something is attacking them which makes sense yeah it's, that should be happening on this island but there's never really a break anywhere in this story mm-hmm. till episode seven yeah everything which is, is a, like a fast clip right yeah so they, they, they don't even know what's happening to each other most of the time much right. less us keeping up with it yeah. right so which is why episode seven really stands out because it is completely different from the rest of the show and yes, yes. 
We'll, oh. we'll, we'll get to praising that one here in a minute. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know which category we're gonna. I mean, I, what makes oh, it work? I'm gonna bring the it characters. up in, in style because I figure okay. that's where I can talk about animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like I, when I got to episode seven, I, I all I kept thinking is, why isn't the whole show like this? Yes, exactly. Yes. This why is isn't the, the whole show like this? Because it has actual pathos. I am mm-hmm. invested in the characters. It's Kong centric. That's the other problem that this has. Yeah, is Kong is even Kong is not in it nearly enough. Kong yeah. is in three episodes, and when he's not on screen, you can't. You, you, he is not present in your mind. You're never asking where is Kong. Yeah, yeah. Other than I'm watching a Skull Island show. Where is Kong? Yeah, yeah. Now Instead he makes like, his. Oh, they're they're constantly either being they're never constantly being protected or attacked by Kong. So he's not. He's just there. Yeah, granted, he's out of out of mind. Granted, he seems depressed mo- through most of this, and but there's I, a reason for that. Yeah, <laughs> Which, well, yeah, but at the same anyway, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there a little bit later. But that I do think that was a misstep there. I do think Kong should have had more of a presence. If your yes. goal was to make this character driven, I understand that. Mm-hmm. You may not so you may not necessarily want Kong in there all the time. You know, it, you don't right. want to overplay Kong. I get it. But then your individual episode kaiju threats need to be bigger than they are yeah that's the other yeah. issue most of these they just feel like regular odd animal alien animals basically yeah they yeah because yeah, like, you like the, the the kaiju yeah the the beach the, the crabs on the beach weirdly enough i've seen a movie that was kind of like that there was a time i was working for a publication it's not really around called anymore Doom. called giga geek magazine and i don't even remember what the name of the movie was but it was basically like tremors on the beach, but the it was like these, yeah. it was this, I can't remember what it was, but it was like these weird creatures that hid under the sand. And it, if they heard something on the ground, they would jump up and grab it. But it wasn't like, they weren't like worms or anything. Almost like these thread creatures that would just come up and just grab people. It was weird, but right. You know, it, so you've got these crab monsters and then there was one with the croc. Mm-hmm. Even though oh, I've heard some people say it's not, it doesn't. They call it a croc, but it doesn't. It's not really a croc if you understand animal anatomy. You it's know, closer to an alligator than a crocodile. closer to an alligator. Yeah. I will admit that was probably the most. That was that that chase with the uh, with it was pretty exciting. Yeah. Although there's some pretty well, there's some glaring was, animation errors in it. Unfortunately, oh yeah, yeah at least what they called the croc. It was at least smart enough and at least threatening enough. Yeah, that yeah. they couldn't get away from it fast enough. Yeah. Right, and it was and unlike so many of the others. Right now, Big Bird. Now oh, there gosh. are hints at Kong throughout, but I I would I did feel like Kong needed a stronger presence in there. Yeah. Because also, I have some logistical questions. I did not understand the way that place was set up, but we'll get to that. Yeah, well, go, join the club, Skull. I don't Skull Island. Yeah, it's just the topography of Skull Island never make and never entirely makes sense in here. And yeah, so anyway, so there's a bit of a build up to Kong, and it was worth when he was on screen. It was worthwhile, but he needed to be on there more. The other thing that they were building toward almost more than Kong really was his kaiju foe in this, which I think people have taken to calling it the Kraken. 
They call yeah. it the Kraken because that's what's written on the concept art yeah. that yeah. Duffield put on there. Yeah. I, on the other hand, prefer to call it Octo Shrimp. Octo Shrimp, yeah, mm-hmm. which okay, I don't sense. I don't blame it there. Or maybe they could have, if they really wanted to be classy about this, they could have called it like Skilla or Charybdis. I would have, yes. that would have made me happy, you know, because I'm that kind of a guy. <laughs> but At least they didn't try to call it Ebera or something similar. Yeah, that, that wouldn't have worked. And that's a one heck of a mutated Ebera. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Uh, Ebera and uh, Di, what is it? Dio, I can't remember the giant octopus that was on Faroe Island. Yeah. The, but the one that was a live act octopus on the live octopus. Uh, well, there were two of them and AG super. I ate one. He one of them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he ate one of his special effects. Well, when you get the chance. And then probably just went down to the, down to the local fish market to pick yeah. those two octopus up. For I'm sure. But here's yeah. the thing though. We talk about how episode seven is great because it is so very different from the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. But the here's the thing that dawned on me. That episode is almost completely divorced from everything else. It exists yeah. just for the audience. What to happens in that what I happens am- in that episode has almost no effect on the characters in the present. I am half convinced even though I have no proof that that had to have been like a short that they made to shop the idea around and then when netflix and legendary bought into it they made the rest of the show around that instead of making it based on that yeah the the only thing i could think of because it's an entirely different setup i agree Mm -hmm. they they also tie in episodes eight with that with like oh i know how to get kong to do this but it's just like it's just out of left field that one of our beloved characters just knows how to do this. Charlie, and knows where, Charlie knows about it because he was in the temple. He was. But how he, how you tell this whole story and all and 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 then end it with Charlie saying, "Well, I saw this this necklace in there. He really liked. We ought to go steal it. That'll get him down to the beach." Yeah. Okay. And I'm so, I'm sorry. Like, you just gave me this whole story uh-huh. that made that broke my heart. Uh-huh. This beautifully animated piece of cinematography. Yeah. And you have to end the episode with the stupidest line in the show. Yeah. Oh, you mean our favorite character laughing? What a buzzkill. But but and see, and that's the thing. When you get to the end, I like the climax. It's a good kaiju fight, and it makes yeah. sense. One thing that's kind I will give the plotting of this some credit is they established that there is a, even though this is an overused trope in the MonsterVerse so far, there is a rivalry between Kong and the Kraken because they will not venture onto each other's turf. Kong will not go on the water and the Kraken will not leave the water. Mm-hmm. And they well, the basically really can't leave the water. That is true. Yeah. But they, what's fun is that they kind of taunt each other. And I will admit, I think it's in like episode four or five. Shout out to Ryan Collins, the Omni viewer. Hashtag throw the whale. <laughs> yes, that was epic. Yeah. I'm like, watching it, that going, like, I thought I understood what this show was, but that's a whale. <laughs> yeah. That's a whale. Yeah, I, and and the Omni viewer was saying, I was like, is that what we're what kaiju fans are just going to sh- say to each other from now on when they want to challenge each other instead of like throwing down the gauntlet? It's hashtag throw the whale. <laughs> 
I need I that to become admit, a thing. I, like that's the one good thing we can get out of the show is when that. that mo- when that moment happened, my literal first first thought was, okay, we in the past have said when a when a tele- when when a property is go- starting to go downhill that it's jumped the shark. <laughs> when something so ridiculous happens on screen, it kills anything. The movie was trying to do is nuking the fridge. <laughs> is throw the whale the next thing is it the next step in this I, i'm wondering keep your whale anyway <laughs> yeah good lord oh, man. with producers like you and the, the line that always comes to mind is like the the famous movie twister back in the 90s that <laughs> cow another cow no i think that's the same cow <laughs> Uh, I, I see, and that's what makes it frustrating. There are a lot of writing issues in this. The biggest oh problem that this show has is the scripts, yeah, and the plotting in it. They found I, I couldn't believe it. it's like the plot in this is pretty simple and straightforward, and they still found mm-hmm. ways to screw it up. Yeah. But it, then it has these flashes of brilliance, like episode seven, the final, uh, you know, the climactic mm-hmm. kaiju fight. Oh yeah. Well, Hashtag shoot, throw the Annie's whale. Back- like it has these flashes, but yeah, it's even not enough. Annie's backstory where she meets dog is done well. Yeah, so well done. I yeah. will get it. We'll get into that. I will admit that flashback was also pretty effective. But I once I saw that flashback, not only did it not accomplish what it was trying to do, which was generate some sympathy, it also confused me because I'm like, I don't see how the character went from that to this. <laughs> But anyway, do we have any more thoughts on the plot? I think we've unpacked that pretty well. Outside of the plot having its issues, it's a standard plot. And it's, yeah. I don't know, it's nothing to really to write home about. Yeah, I think it's meant to be a bit it, of a, it's a good setup for a better story along the way. Right. But well, well, part of me doesn't want another story to come. Right. So. Yeah. Looking at uh, looking at my notes here, I do think this we didn't mention this. I do think. This was also intended to be a bit of, not a bit, it was also intended to be a coming-of-age story because we have teenage characters in this, two boys in particular. And I think this was meant to be like this adventure that they go on where they get ripped right out of their comfort zone and they they basically go from being boys to men, not the band, Mm -hmm. but you know what I mean. And I I don't think that was entirely accomplished either. And then no. the ending is weird. The actual ending if, is weird. If this is supposed to be a coming of age story, they didn't come of age. No, no. There's still the same. There was no character growth in this. So no. And then, like I said, okay, let's talk about this a little bit. The ending in this is incredible. Like I said, is really weird. Yeah. Yes. Because it's, it's sequel baiting. It's sequel exactly. baiting. Because there it, is no ending. It, there's yeah. There's no it real ending because it goes from oh we're on Skull Island. Oh Kong just killed the kraken in a very mortal com uh, mortal combat-ish way because that's what yes. the, that's what the monster verse does where he just rips the dang thing in half over his head because that's what yeah. you do and then, then suddenly head on a rock and now and they now conveniently don't have to animate anything while she heads to new york or wherever. yeah because yeah, she wakes up in a hospital that? yeah and oh. so we don't know what happened to cap or to, to mike or to charlie yeah, yeah, because the island, the, the quote unquote islanders, yeah. the islanders show up, and I don't know if they're supposed to be the iwi or not. If those are the iwi, the iwi are it got really different. 
<laughs> yeah, why are they speaking English? That too. I have so many unanswered questions. That and that's like that's the one thing I have to ding even episode seven about because I'm like, if these are the Iwi, the Iwi are really different in this compared mm-hmm. to the Skull Island movie. Or even the comic books. You see, because you see yeah. the Iwi a little bit in some of the tie in comic books. I just I don't get it. <laughs> There's a lot about this show I don't get. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I just... Anyway, so we'll move on to... Uh, you were itching to talk about style, so we'll go to style yeah. next. So, yeah, animation-wise, I would call this 2.5... 2D vector art, mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah. Because it's not cell animation, because it's not on cells. Mm-hmm. For episodes one through six... I'd say the animation is competent. It's not clearly pushing anything. It's doing its job and it's not doing anything special. Yeah. Eight, eight is, I will give eight some props in that they tried to do some hard stuff, yeah. especially the, after they steal the necklace and you have that shot of them running around or running towards the camera while the landscape is, is going back. That's a mm-hmm. tough thing to do in animation mm-hmm. especially 2d animation but they didn't quite do it good enough because you they didn't vary the distance between yeah. the camera and them and, mm-hmm. and, the, and the characters so it really does look like a super nintendo game but with better graphics uh, <laughs> but episode eight episode seven yes oh my word that is an animation masterwork in my uh, opinion I think just just for that episode, watching episode seven uh-huh. is worth it. Just like the, the don't even watch the rest of it. Just load up episode seven and exactly. enjoy this nice. Just yeah, load up episode film. seven and then skip the last Shut thirty seconds. The, once you see the the. I only said resolution. That's not what that's called. The aspect ratio start to change. Shut it off. Yeah. Yeah. Once the black bars go away, just shut it off. You don't need to see those last couple seconds. No, like you have so much, so much depth in like how they animate. Yeah, Kong's expressions and how. Oh my gosh, that was so good in that. So good. Oh my gosh, it was so good. And the whole and again, I was like, why isn't the whole show like this? Yeah, I would have killed for this entire show to be Island Girl and Kong going on adventures. Yes, I would have loved that. You could even keep her speaking whatever the native language is she's speaking there i'm not entirely sure it it sounds almost like french or spanish i was thinking spanish but it was just different enough i was like you know what i'm not even gonna guess yeah but keep it like that because that's the thing is you don't even need the dialogue we get even though it's translated yeah yeah subtitled you don't need it because you understand everything that's going on on screen yeah there's i think that episode has the least amount of dialogue too yeah. But it's because it doesn't need it. It doesn't. It's, it's very visual. It, you get the whole story just on animation alone. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my word. Yeah. Now, yeah. You know, so granted, I love that line. I, heard, I love at the beginning that line where she says, You're not a king. You're just a stupid old ape. You're, you know, you're, a stu- that, oh, you're oh, just oh, a stupid oh, animal. Stupid, stupid Which animal. comes and back later, animation. and we'll get to I think we can get to that when we talk about the characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but I I sorry, will tell I, you I, 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 that whole plot that uh, not plot, but that whole style of that animation that's like, oh my word, this is what the show needed to be. Right, yeah. right, right. Because we and we hinted at it at, at the beginning. It's got anime influence. 
for sure. It does. But yeah. if you look at what else Powerhouse has done, there's definitely an anime influence. They also have a lot of American flair to what they've done. I've not watched right. Castlevania or the uh, or the Masters of the Universe thing. I have played Dawn of the Monsters, so I'm familiar with their work there. Yeah. But mm-hmm. from what I have seen of what they've done for Netflix is, like I said, they have an American flair. They have these very robust rugged characters very muscular and you know mm. which I, w- I was like okay i can understand why you would want powerhouse to work on a skull island show because you want to bring that kind of yeah. you know we'll say hyper masculine energy to this particularly with kong and you know do it w- and have all these crazy monsters and things running around even if your, our characters are not going to be jacked like he-man i you know i you know i, I would still mm-hmm. expect them to you know to do that but i will admit in terms of in terms of character design in this, I, our human our human characters are fine. There, there's nothing terribly memorable, but I don't think no. you necessarily could have the kind of characters that we have here. We have teenage kids, we have scientists, we have some soldiers. You know, you're not necessarily going to make the designs really pop. It again, you would have to make the writing and the characterization be where they really shine in that regard. Mm, However, yeah. they had an opportunity to do some crazy stuff with monster design. What did you guys think of the monster designs in this? You mean the uh, overgrown Pokemon? <laughs> yeah, I think that kidding. tells me everything. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The actual designs of these things. For for most of them, and, and I'll include dog in this. Yeah, I actually do like the looks of them, but the problem is the way they must have come up with these monsters is like, okay, we need got a piece of aloe vera and we got a dinosaur. <laughs> Let's just cram those things together. Or as a hedgehog, I'm yeah. sorry, fusion. Yeah. yeah, and I'm going. That's just that's just Bulbasaur. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I will say it is a bit of a Kong tradition to just have glorified animals in these. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not complaining because I mean, this is just supposed to be the quote unquote the wildlife that wandered up from Hollow Earth. Yeah, but yeah, I saw a quotation from Mr. Duffold who said that, oh, this show is about the Hollow Earth without being in the Hollow Earth. Okay, well, maybe yeah, you it could refers do to that, it, but. I don't know. This still feels like they were trying so hard to hold all of their secrets for season two instead of actually doing something with season one. Yeah. yeah. So we have a croc, a croc, which is more like a gator. We've talked about the crabs. Yeah. yeah. We had that. We've talked about the crack and the crack is probably the wildest monster design in this. Yeah. You know, where yeah. it's half. Which I actually squid. do like the design of the Kraken. Yeah. Well, what's crazy about the Kraken is that it's kind of a fusion of a shellfish, an octopus and a squid because some of its tentacles yeah. look like octopus tentacles. Some look like squid tentacles. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's got a little bit of a shellfish look to it when you actually see the body. Yeah. You know, Kong shrimp. looks yeah. like Kong. You know, not a whole lot you can do there, and yeah, that I think honestly, outside time, of the though, skull crawler shows up. Yeah, there's one skull crawler for about twenty right. seconds, and I was I was like, really? That's that's all we're getting for the skull crawlers? Those things are supposed to be like all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Again, I'm starting to wonder if this was originally not a MonsterVerse project because I was expecting there would be more skull crawlers. Yeah. Skull crawlers are supposed to re- like re- reproduce like rats for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they're supposed to be all over the place, but I don't know. So that so that's a little goofy, and it's if it's twenty years after Skull Island, which was in the seventies, you expect there would be a lot more of those things running around. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I would say honestly, other than that, I mean, there's some weird plant life that they deal with, which was kind of interesting. One of which basically turns into Audrey too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tries to to eat Irene, which was it, which was interesting. Yeah, I, I hate to admit it, but I was sitting there going. Yes, eat. Eat, <laughs> eat your fill. Don't but, let this character come back. Yeah. They already know who she is, even though they haven't said who yes. she is. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know that the plot twists in this I'm are sorry. not that are not that impressive. You have to go back to plot with you know when we find I out. Keep, oh, oh, characters. Irene is Annie's mother. I'm like, I kind of saw that coming, guys. Yeah, coming uh, like four episodes gee, ago. It's not like they don't look similar to each other. At oh. all, Ooh. yeah. So you know, their attempts at plot twists were serviceable yeah, at best, I think. But honestly, other than that, I think, other than like I said, the Kraken, who just looks wild, Kong, who has cultural weight to him, the only monster, well, and then the twenty seconds of the skull crawler, the only monster really stood out to me were the crazy chameleons from episode seven. I I love those chameleon that chameleon fight. The chameleon mm-hmm. fight was good because the they weren't as big as Kong, but they were attacking as a pack, and yeah, they yeah. were a vicious and aggressive, and their camouflage ability made them incredibly difficult to deal with. I, I love the way they animated the skin color changing when they mm-hmm. got hit mm-hmm. and yes. everything. Yeah, it's like I've, that was good. I've seen so many other things with a chameleon where they just barely do anything with the skin color changing, and I, I just love how it worked here. Mm-hmm. Especially when he's crawling up uh, Kong's back and he turns black, just as black as his fur. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Oh, okay. There is one. Uh, there is one other creature I forgot from the movies that's in this, but it's only a cameo as a as a corpse, and that's the Skur Buffalo. Yeah, the water buffalo looking thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, I and do then, remember him being there. Yeah, and then At I mean, the there's time they like you say this just feels like it was shoved in there to say, see, we're connected to MonsterVerse. See, yeah, yeah, and then we what, get what, there. What uh, I'm looking at the full list of all the other monsters in this, and uh, a lot of them are just they're just you know incidental creatures that we see. A lot of them are giant insects, some birds. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. got a big bird in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big bird. There's a giant ant because them and the Venus flytrap centipede. See, I fought those ants in Final Fantasy 14, so I know what that's like. Yeah. Uh, something called a night boy. I don't remember the night boy, but I don't know what night boy is either. Yeah. But you know, the other thing I want to mention in terms of the style is is the acting style in this. I've heard some interesting analyses about how the actors are performing in this. And I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like the style of right. It, it feels like two different, well, not just two, I think several different styles that they try to mash together. The teenagers feel like they, they feel like either, I mean, if it's supposed to be the early nineties, they would, they're either depending on how you look at it, they're either, late Gen Xers or early millennials, but they act more like Zoomers, including some pretty, I would think, honestly, I think pretty lame Zoomer humor, which just feels out of place. Yeah. yeah. And the adults, while I would say they aren't 
as annoying in that regard. I was talking with my friend Michael about this, you know, from my co-host from the Power Trip, and he feels like with the adults, it seemed like they were trying to do the uh, office style humor, mm-hmm. and it's not landing. Yeah, totally understand that. And some of the actors' performances are just kind of goofy in that regard. They don't mm-hmm. really help these characters. I would, I have to say, uh, and that became very abundant to me. Uh, that, I, that became abundantly clear, I should say, to me when I saw the second trailer for this show, and that's when we actually got to hear the performances and the dialogue. And I'm like, really, guys? It's like I cringed so hard in that when I watched the trailer and I heard, you know what they should have called this place? Not Great Island. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the way that line was written, and this is just me me playing devil's advocate here, it could have worked had they been under more stressful situations. But they're not, for the most part. Yeah, they're being chased by monsters all the time, but there's also long stretches where they're not being chased by monsters, and it ain't dog that's helping them with that. Mm -hmm. It's just there's not as many there. Yeah, and they... I'm looking over some of the just the what I thought were just awful lines that I, because a lot of my notes, if you saw my notes, I would put eye roll emojis to them, depending on how cringy I thought it was. I got up to five in some regards. Uh, I'm going to admit something here that for three episodes, I was building a Gumplo instead of while I was watching. So I may not have paid as close attention as I would have liked. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like some of the lines, the middle of this, the middle of this show was very, dull yeah very dull yeah but it's just writing is they love weirdly repeating things because they think it's funny it's like i already hurt you you got hurt what (laughs) the that rock yelled at you and now there's guns uh yeah they're called the they're they're called a private military yeah Yeah, exactly oh this I feel like this line could have been good, but it just didn't land, which is, I feel like shooting is worth a shot. It was, it was like the writer, the writers or writers were sitting there. It's like, how, how cringy can we make every line and make Mm -hmm. the voice actors just deadpan it half the entire time. And be like, for me, be like, kind of like Drew, be like, I sat there, I had to pause this thing multiple times watching it. I was like, really? They said that? Oh, how about this one? Stabby no worky. I've heard that used and actually work, but not here. Hmm. Yeah. Dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Dumb, 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 dumb. It would help if there was an intelligent character on this show. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and you you have characters who are supposed to be intelligent, but it's not. They really they're they're not. don't come across as intelligent. There's not an ounce of wisdom on this island. Yeah, not really, not really. But that's we'll get to that when we get to the characters. But like yeah, I said, sorry. I feel like the animation, the animation has some pretty major issues you know, at points. Mm-hmm. But the honestly, the animation might might overall be the most impressive thing on here other than episode, like everything although admittedly everything in episode seven just works 
there are animation errors at points in oh, here yeah. that would be fixed with like another round of polish. Right. Yeah. It really feels like this got rushed out almost not at the last minutes, but mostly they, someone saw and said, Oh, that's good enough. And yeah. then just stuck it out there. Right. Because yeah. there's parts of this that look good. Like they're trying stuff that's uh, that in some places as hard to do. Yeah. But there's also parts where it's like, really? This is what you're, do you think this is good enough? The whale scene, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it was like, why don't you, why aren't, like I said, it has flashes of brilliance, you know, with it all does. that stuff. I, it needs another round of polish. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I, the, the characters walk cycles for the most part are pretty good. Bill mm-hmm. Allen agree. But like some of the, the, like the characters walking, their motions are good for the most part. And then the others more be like, all they're doing is moving the shoulders. There's no, you know, full body. Well, I motion. mean, that's an anime kind of trope. Right. Which can work. I agree. I agree but there. There are instances where it feels like there's, there's art and passion behind this. Yeah. And then there's other parts. That feels like we are making a quick buck, and we do not care. Yeah, it's it's, it's you, like it, it's never consistent. Yeah, you take like past powerhouse works like mm-hmm. Dracula, which Dracula was done in Castlevania. Well, Castlevania, so, Castlevania. Sorry, Castlevania. Sorry, Castlevania. Dracula's in done, it. Yeah, Dracula's in it. But Castlevania has done very well. Its animation has done mm-hmm. very well. Masters Universe Revelation, which I, I like, I have my own opinions on. I enjoyed it but I'm in the minority with some people, but with how that was animated, I thought it was done brilliantly animation wise. I thought it was done very well in this. You see that the, the exact kind of progression they were doing with the animation, but then it's like, they were like having to maybe like their, their budget was cut at some point. So they do like I, take some major, major, like I'm wondering if it was the animation. budget was cut or if perhaps it was hurt by the pandemic. <sighs> They started this in 2021. Yeah. I mean, they announced it in 2021. I, look, I looked up where the studio was located Texas. And it's in Texas. So yeah, in your native Texas. Yeah, yes. it would. Tex, Texas was pretty much open in 2021. Yeah. For the most part. And Austin may have been, because this would have been in Austin. Yeah. That may have been a little bit more locked down and they may have had to, may have been some more working from home, which could have hurt it a little bit. Maybe. But for the most part, I, I really does feel like they needed another six months on the animation. Probably would have benefited from that. I, yes. But I, and I it wouldn't have helped the acting. But. It would. No, I don't think so because I don't know. It just no. the performances generally mm-hmm. were not working for me because a lot of times the characters were not acting how you would how you would expect them to do that cap for a while. The dad was kind of the best character, but then he started behaving weird because he's having a little too much awe at everything, you know, uh, too much wonder at everything. It's like, yeah, all of the stuff you're wondering at wants to kill you. Just thought Mm -hmm. I would remind you about that. I get it. It's called Island is, you know, is inhabited by some of uh, some really wondrous creatures, but they all want to kill you. And just, yeah, yeah. So you I don't know. It's just like everything in it is just weird. Mm-hmm. huh? I agree. I was just saying you are not safe while you are still on this island. No. Not till Monarch gets their butts out here. And yeah, and, and that's another thing. It's like where the heck is Monarch while this? Year? I was waiting for Irene to say that she was working for Monarch. I still think she is, but there's nothing that tells you that. 
how do you do a MonsterVerse thing and not mention Monarch at some point? They're the main characters sure. of this. Stuff. Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. All right. They're the connective tissue. All right. Yeah, because I I know that, that we're going to have a lot to say about the characters, so let's move on into what I expect will be the shortest portion of our discussion, and that's theme. I'm having a hard time really latching on to anything outside of Episode 7. Episode 7 is full of so many riches. But, yeah, agreed. Yeah, but the rest of this, like I said, it's like it's supposed to be coming of age. There's also a lot of stuff about. I will admit, I like that it's very pro family because mm-hmm. you know you have the two boys. Like their whole thing is like like everybody gets stranded on the island, and the two boys are trying to find their dad. And you know the the well, their their dads, I should say. Well, no, only really one of them. They're not yeah, brothers. Sure they're best the friends. Dad. We already knew Hero had already passed. Yeah. yeah. So and and I like that. I like that dichotomy there where one kid is trying to find his dad and the other kid is mourning his dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and they're trying to help each other. And they're trying to help each other out. So I, I see how it can work. <laughs> it, yeah, the problem yeah. is that it doesn't quite work because of the, yeah. how, the character writing in this. But I will say, I do like, I, I do appreciate that. And then you find out, you know, it, you know, Irene is Annie's mother, and then that mm-hmm. becomes a bit of a thing. It's because even though the plot twist doesn't really work, and then the character writing botches it again. <laughs> but so there's a lot of stuff about family in this, particularly parent-child yeah. relationships. And yeah. I think that's mirrored a little bit when you get Island Girl, give her a name, guys, and Kong, which is why episode seven will break your heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. The although their relationship is different in that it's not really it's their best friends, which I I wonder yeah. if that's mm-hmm. kind of supposed to be a, a thing with Mike and Charlie as well because they're supposed to be best friends too. Well, one of the things kind of just jumping off of that, the theme I saw throughout this whole thing was trust. trust Everything yeah, around yeah. this is based on either. There, people are trying to earn each other's trust. They are, they already trust each other. There's a lot of distrust. Mm-hmm. A lot of it hit me when looking at between Dog and Charlie for the yeah the, in episodes five and six. Yeah, that was good. Neither one of them trust each other at the very beginning, but by the end of it, they've come to under at least come to an understanding. Yeah, even though you're and, and they do trust each other, but then there's so much other tr- mistrust and trust issues going throughout the whole thing. Yeah. So trust was really the theme that really hit me is what this was trying to talk about. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and, and, yeah, there is a lot of mistrust going on. And probably the best example of utter mistrust is probably Annie. And it also is who, which one of the boys, uh, which one of the boys was crushing on her? I can't remember. Charlie. Charlie. Was it Charlie? Yeah. Charlie. And he, oh, Charlie that. was crushing on her. Mike wasn't because he was too busy trying not to die of sting poisoning. Yes, that's the other thing from the Kraken is that the the it, it injects a venom into people and there's no resolution While for that. Yeah. It, still don't know if he survived. We still so, don't know. Anyway, and yeah, so he was a little distracted and, and so I guess the idea again, the idea is that Charlie's trying to build trust with Annie because he thinks she's the coolest girl he ever he's ever known. I'm like, kid, you need to meet more girls. <laughs> but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that. Again, I, it seems 
that's what's frustrating about this. The more I talk about the show, the more I realize it could have been great, but they don't get there. Like the ideas are there. Yeah. Yeah. The ideas are there. There's so but they're executed much so myth. badly. Agreed. There's so much missed potential. Yeah. Throughout this whole thing. Except for episode seven. <laughs> episode seven yeah. knocks it out of the ballpark. Exactly. <laughs> so it, we keep it, going it back to that. Watching and, for seven. and what kills me is we watch, you watch that episode and it's like, okay, this creative team knows what, doesn't actually know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they do this the rest of the well, season? Save that energy. Save that energy for oh, later. I will. <laughs> I, I will. But, but going back to, you know, Master talking about trust. Trust yeah, me. But going back to trust, that's what makes episode seven so tragic because Kong has a best friend. This is It's classic Kong when we get to this where he has a human woman that he is bonded with. Like they are best friends. Mm-hmm friends and they're they hang out with each other and she has she just trusts kong intrinsic intrinsically at least at first she has tremendous respect for him and then we the the chameleons attack she nearly dies several times kong Mm -hmm. busts his butt saving her he gets Mm -hmm. horrendously hurt saving her and then she has the audacity to say, you're not a king, you're just a dumb animal, which is the title of that episode. And I'm like, "How? Like the audacity you have, woman. The audacity. Yeah. <laughs> I just, why? How could, you, how could you dare say that? And then Kong tries to make it up to him. He kind of turns into like the scorned boyfriend at that point, which is kind of weird because he tries to bring her quote unquote flowers. And he's like, I don't need mm-hmm. these. But then after that, he's like, fine, okay, I'm done. And then there's another monster attack. And the episode ends with him holding this girl in his Mm -hmm. hand. She has been mortally wounded. She just reaches up to him. And her last words are, my king. Yeah. Yeah. And then she literally dies in his hand. Mm -hmm. And and it's immediately after this, I texted both of y'all. I'm, episode seven has me officially pissed. Why is it the rest of the show like this? Yes, exactly. and I'm like, what just happened? You, you, you had these two characters basically have a falling out to the point where I didn't like the Island Girl for, for a hot minute. I the Island Girl was on the same level as Annie for me, mm-hmm. but then you brought it back around and actually told a great story with it. I'm like. Gosh, I it 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 wounded me. It wounded genuinely wounded me seeing that. And then the expression on Kong was so brilliantly animated, as you pointed yes, out. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just like, my gosh, this is this is some of the most pathos that I've seen in a Kong story in a long time. <laughs> and then the, the it's all ruined in the last five seconds when yeah, uh, it is. the team shows back up yeah. and we get the stupidest lines in the show. We mm-hmm. get the stupidest lines of the show and Annie laughs yeah. at everything. And oh my I'm like, can we go back to the orphanage? Uh, yeah, yeah, send her, please send her back to the orphanage. Back to her island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, again, again, it's there. It is there. Yeah. At the core of the core of this thing is a good solid mm-hmm. rock thing, but they don't do a thing with it. All right. All right. We've been dancing around it. We need to talk about the characters because this wants to be a character driven show. 
Oh, it yeah. wants to be. Oh, it it to really be. wants to be. Done. Now, you know, let me start so off. Talk about, let ahead. me no. Let me start off with this. There's one in particular we're gonna have to talk about. But do you feel like I? I, I again, well, I we've established. Yeah, in episode seven, this is certainly true. But do you do you think Kong is an effective character in this? He's not simply a kaiju. Or a titan. If we're, case. if we're talking simply out of episode seven, he not not include. Sorry, no, go not ahead. including episode seven. The only time he's actually a character and not just random animal who shows up to to for for five seconds mm-hmm. is this in episode eight. But that's only because they're building off of what happened in episode yeah, seven. Yeah, and I actually have an issue with how he's handling episode eight because even though that kaiju fight is great if you stop and think about it, because again, the flashback was just for the audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kong is a tool. And the fact that I know the tragic backstory with, uh, cause the necklace belonged to the Island girl. That's why he keeps yeah, it yeah. around knowing that. And that they're now they're using it to exploit him and turn him into a tool. It made me angry. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I was angry while also thrilled at the, at the Kaiju fight. Yeah. Sorry, I did interrupt you, Jacob. No, you're what good. were you about to say? You're good. Be like, yeah, Kong outside of episode seven is simply just either he's a threat or he's a tool. That is mm-hmm. all he is in the show. But like, yeah, we see his big footprint and then we see little glimpses of him here and he shows up. Be like, there, how, how long is Kong in this show? Someone actually tallied it up. I think it's, he has maybe, I think, I think it's between 13 and 15 minutes of actual screen time. Not yeah. And I know people were trying to compare it to Godzilla and singular point, because I think they said, yeah, that show was five episodes longer, but Godzilla <laughs> has actually has less screen time or something like that. There's a, there's Godzilla supposed to be a disparity that- with, with the Godzilla and that the his th- the threat of him was felt throughout the entire series and mm-hmm. Kong and this Kong one, is if, when Kong's not on screen you're not thinking about Kong yeah no then that's the problem mm-hmm. and they're and they're gonna it arkens back to like this is supposed to be a character driven story and then you have all these blessedly terrible characters yeah okay yeah. yeah so and we have kind of have a couple different batches of them i will say this i quote unquote island girl i wish she was in more of it if you just look at episodes if you in the grand scheme of things she might have actually been the best character in the show but she's only in episode seven yeah, that's the yeah. problem she's a one-off character we talked about like she has so much she's such a dynamic character because she's both kind of petty, but also incredibly respectful of Kong at the same time. Like she truly does love Kong, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, she was just mad at him because she's like, yeah, it's your fault that these things tried to kill me. You know, they, I, the way I was looking at, it, she was saying, yeah, you saved my life, but if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have even gotten into the situation. Right. Right. So, it's actually understandable, and then, you know, like I said, she has, she ha- she actually has a character arc. Yes. Guys, in one she episode, has she had more of a character arc than everybody else in the show. Yeah, you're that, not kidding. Because that's, that's the thing: there are no other character arcs in this show other than getting from point A to point B with nothing for the characters to grow off of. Yeah, I, I would I would say this: that the only real big character arcs would probably be between Charlie and dog 
with their development. Like, try, they don't trust each other at first, like we said earlier. Right. Yeah, that was a good idea. They kind of learn to trust yeah. each other. That was a good idea. Get, yeah. you know, yeah. forcing those two characters together for an episode or two to, yeah, that was know, to try to get back to the rest of the group. That was actually a really good idea. And I know you guys told me before we went on the air that you think, well, that but maybe not that he's the best character, but or maybe he is in your opinion. But you know, you said Dog was your favorite character. Yeah, Dog is the only character in the main cast I respect. <laughs> and for those who don't know, Dog is this kind of like bear-sized kaiju, grizzly bear-sized kaiju that yeah. was "quote unquote" tamed. And the Omni viewer pointed out that he thinks that the fact that a kaiju was tamed in this kind of goes against the theme of the monster verse, which is that man cannot control nature. Man must mm -hmm. respect nature and work with nature, but cannot control it. Cause but dog is not tamed. No. And he says multiple times, mm -hmm. he is not my pet. They mm -hmm. are just friends. Yeah. Right. But other times she does say she is, he is her pet in some ways. It, it yeah. counter counters each other in some ways. Well, that just Again, bad how, writing. How mess, the messy the writing yeah, Terrible is. Yeah. writing. Yeah. It, it, but uh, when we have the flashback for them showing their backstory, I, you feel for Dog. I yeah. wish he mm -hmm. had... I, I, this is an, the, his name is an example of we're going to not be clever to seem clever. Mm -hmm. Doesn't always work, guys. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do that, it, yeah. it's just... It, that's very hit or miss. Yeah, back home in Indiana... I just realized that was an intentional reference, but th there's a bowling alley that is literally named the bowling alley. Like that's, they're trying to be clever by not sounding clever. All right. So yeah. why did you, why did you respect dog? <laughs> I respected dog because of all the characters in this one, he seemed to be the smartest one. <laughs> he seemed to be the most, he was the most cautious of the newcomers far more than Annie was. Good. Uh, both of Mike, you know, Michael and Charlie and of everybody else. He was determined enough to get back what he, what was his, which was Annie. Yeah. Uh, he swam from another Island across the ocean to skull Island. They don't actually they barely show that, but it, mm -hmm. it happens. Yeah. They still don't explain how that works. Well, it's also and weird because the trailers for this gave you the impression that Annie and dog had survived on skull Island. But which actually, they were on another island that yeah. got taken to Skull Island, which I thought was needless. Was needlessly convoluted. Yeah, yeah. But and how Annie but during, somehow knows things about yeah. Skull Island. Yeah, but, that's but why they, they must have made a change in, in this. Uh, they must have made a change at some point. Like I guarantee you, this that was originally intended that they were both on Skull Island, surviving on Skull Island, yeah. but then they changed it for some reason. Right. But back to Dog. Charlie, when you get into that part where he and Charlie are, you know, trying to get back from the Kong's altar, for lack of a better name for mm -hmm. that location. The temple. and The temple, yeah. yeah. And, they're, and they're, he half the time doesn't feel like he needs Charlie, but he's also smart enough that he knows what's going on. He feels smarter than everybody else. It was just every time Dog did something, it felt like this is the smartest person here. Yeah. He knows what's going on far better than this. How does Charlie not know he's calling for Annie every time he's howling? I knew that. Now we hadn't even seen her backstory yet. Yeah. With them howling at the moon. Come on. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Now our uh, our teenage Kennys. We've talked a oh, bit about God. them throughout this. Charlie and Mike. I wanted to like them. I really yeah. wanted yeah. to like them. They I they but they ended they up mean, being they ended up being kind of annoying because if this was supposed to be a coming of age where they quote unquote learn to be men through these incredibly harsh circumstances, they don't entirely accomplish that. They don't get to do a whole lot of cool things, unfortunately, True. because they get overshadowed by Annie, Annie. Annie. you know, and uh, they get a little bit of stuff. They get to do a little bit of stuff where you feel like, okay, they're finally you know, mm-hmm. doing the brave things mm-hmm. at the end, but it feels a little too little too late, you know, because it's Mike forces himself. I don't know how he did it and how nobody saw him and how nothing picked him off, but he manages to basically drag himself to help cap. And, yeah. You yeah. Know, and Eva manages to shoot some stuff. While almost dead from the Kraken poison, so I I give him mm-hmm. credit there, but it still seemed a little improbable that he'd be able to do that because I don't know if he mm-hmm. had displayed enough sheer determination to do that before this. I don't think the two never, neither him nor Charlie had any growth at all throughout this entire story. And that's the, that's the biggest issue here. I mean, he's, yeah. because they're because they're, they're supposed to be two of our three main characters, essentially. Right. They, these are the two. These two characters are supposed to be people we're rooting for mm-hmm. to survive this. And I'm sitting here the whole time going, "Okay, Mike. Mike is either going to die or he's going to turn into a kaiju. This could go either way. <laughs> that would have been a good idea. And I don't know which way I want this to go." Okay. Okay. <laughs> That happened to you once? I don't believe you. Unless it's like I, there was the kaiju guy and the tick. Unless it was like that, I just I'm calling BS on that. No. And, and Charlie and, is just so insufferable. Oh well, no, well, oh Charlie. I thought you were talking about Charlie. Somebody. Charlie. I I, I, I was I not I, kicked over the can yet. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Charlie and Mike. When they said incredibly lame Zoomer humor, I need to trademark that. I, I was, I I, I would cringe at him and kind of turn against them a little bit. But for the most part, I just felt largely apathetic toward them. Yeah. I, I just, I just, I just didn't did care. Not, I just didn't care about any of the characters. Yeah. I just didn't care. The adults, I do think fare a little bit better only hmm. because they're not the primary characters. They're secondary yeah. characters. And most and of them are just there like, for the slaughter. That's all they're they there for. Yeah, and, and even the two main ones, Irene and Cap, they have a plot, but they are they still feel like we're here, but we're not really going to do anything important. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, what's weird is that Cap gets so mired and wide-eyed wonder at all of the crazy megafauna on skull mm-hmm. island that he seems to forget for long periods of time that he needs to find his son and his yeah, best yeah. friend and well for a lot of times his of his that that his best friend's father because he doesn't know he's dead till what episode yeah. six yeah yeah he forgets that for a long period of time he's like dude focus i mean i could understand him being 
in wide-eyed wonder about all the stuff he's seen because this is basically what he's been looking for. Yeah, that's the, the whole, whole thing. Time. Yeah, he's been looking uh, so for I'm, stuff like I this. I could forgive that if there wasn't at least some mental conflict he's always fighting of, oh, all oh, this is great and beautiful. I got to find my son. Oh, this is amazing. I've got to find my son. Where is he? I'm yeah. worried about him. I Give me a scene where he's sitting there at night wondering where his son is and also looking at, you know, this giant field of deadly killer flowers yeah. and not go and not have a conversation with Irene, which is the yeah. only person he would have a conversation with. Yeah. And have her says, you know, it's weird. I, 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 this is where I've been trying to get through, get to this whole time. And all this stuff is amazing, but all I really want to do is find my son and leave. Right. Yeah. Especially Give since that scene. Yeah. Especially since the last time he saw his son, they had a spat over whether or not he wanted to go to college. Cause like dad's like, I want you yeah. to go to college. And he's like, well, what if I don't want to go to college? You know, that sort of a thing. No, 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 no. The son wants to go to college. Oh, the son wants dad to go to college, but that's right. I got it boat. backwards. Exactly. But yeah, yeah but yeah. dad wants him to just go on adventures which, with him. And I'm thinking, which I get, but that's also backwards. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but, but I, I'm like, I get it that the son, maybe he, I think the idea is that Charlie just wants to have a typical life. Yeah, but I'm also thinking, like, dude, you get to go on absolutely crazy adventures with your dad and travel around the world. I would be pumped at this, especially (laughs) since it's very obvious your dad is looking for Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, something like that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. oh, there, yeah, because there's a flashback where he where he's saying like, I saw this thing in the water. It was bioluminescent and it was blue, and and I thought for a hot second, I was like, is this? A Godzilla Easter egg? No, it's the Kraken because the Kraken's bio. Mm-hmm. No, no, he's not looking for the Kraken because he says, when, when someone asks him, is this what you've been looking for? He says, no, this is something new. So it's like, yeah. that was my clue. You've been looking for Godzilla yeah. and you never found him. Okay, I guess you might yeah. have a point there. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. Either that or again, this Godzilla is another example of 90s, sloppy but- writing. Well, mm-hmm. it's it's probably also further proof that this was all jammed into the MonsterVerse at the last minute. Probably. Yeah. Sure, Jimmy, start taking shots every time I bring up sloppy writing. You're going to get plastered Whoa. really fast. <laughs> and I don't want a drunk producer. I've had a drunk producer before. It was not fun. Anyway. No, I bet it wasn't fun. Nope. I heard that episode. It yes, you did. Fun. That was something. But anyway. So, the funny thing is, is if you stop and think about it, Irene makes a little bit more sense because Irene's more focused. Yeah. Although, I think at this point, now actually at this point, well, she's not looking for Annie. She's assuming that Annie is dead because she says, I buried you. Yeah, she thought Annie had been dead for the whole ten time years until two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, until they discovered until two weeks until two weeks ago. So I think that's it is why she's there. Right? She's looking. Is she looking for Annie? Or is she there to get something else? I forget. No, she's looking for Annie. She is looking. She was for looking Annie. for okay. Annie, and I kind of got the feeling this was the closest we got to a mention of Monarch, even though they never said Monarch, mm-hmm. because it sounded like somebody found the island Annie was on. They mentioned it. It got back to her. The only organization that would have probably been there would have been Monarch. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, that's and how she found out about it and got involved. That's okay. And I would like to point out that Annie wants you to think that those mercs. Yes, I know the worst mercs ever. 
that they were trying to kill her, but when you actually watch the flashback, I'm sorry, Dog came after them. What were they supposed to do? True. Sure, he was. They were intruding on his territory, but he came after them. What did you expect? Well. Annie's motivations, which we'll have to get to in a minute. Oh, I know we're saving that one to last. Yes. Oh, but yeah. are they, there's much to be desired. Desired, yes. But but at least Irene makes I, I can, more. Oh, but I, like I was saying, I Irene. So much. Yeah, Irene makes more sense because she's actually there. She's not getting distracted too much mm-hmm. by all mm-hmm. of the things on Skull Island. She's there because, and she never loses sight of her goal, even when we don't know what it is. Now she's a little weird when we first meet her because she tries to play the, she tries to play dumb, and it just felt weird. Like the actor's yeah, performance was just awkward. Yeah, when she was trying to play dumb, and then we found out, oh yeah, no, I'm, I got mercenaries, and I'm doing stuff. And oh, I'll just like, okay, woman, <laughs> I'm wait. Just will you please name Drake Monarch? And it never happens because yeah, that's what I thought she was doing. Either that have, or how she hard was, is it to name drop that for in one line? Yeah, yeah, you would think. <laughs> you you would think just or just to see a logo in that hospital room at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. giving you a little. Easter egg. What's really yeah? Happening. I will give Irene credit. I will give Irene credit. I think she's the only character who ever tries to call Annie out on her BS. Thank well, you. Of course she does. She's the mother. She's mom. She should be calling her mother. She should be calling her out for BS. And speaking of BS, Jimmy, cross the podcast streams. Rentmaster activated. <laughs> Annie is not only the worst character in this show, she is the worst character in the MonsterVerse. She makes no freaking sense, and she's an insufferable, narcissistic psychopath. Amen, brother. I don't care if the idea... Again, the idea is not unreasonable. It is not unreasonable. You want to have some Sheena girl who survived out here on the island with her big, bad, doggy companion... I'm actually open to that concept. But yeah, why concept. is she an insufferable boss wench? And I'm saying wench to be at least a little bit polite. I hate this chick so much. And I'm like, I, wa- I, I was concerned when I watched the trailer and she's spouting off lines like, I am the giant monster. And and just like, okay, I, I hope... I hope that the idea here is that you're either the villain, which clearly wasn't going to be the route they were going to take, or you were going to get humbled. She never gets humbled. And the most we get is her mother says she's a brat. I'm like, why don't you actually say it to her face, please? And Brad is polite. She may, I just, I don't understand this character. I, I get it. If you're on an island, you're constantly trying to survive, it's going to harden you. How do you turn into a narcissist? I don't get it. And it and the thing is, when we see her in the flashback, when she's a little girl, she actually acts like a human being. I was actually sympathizing with her. And then I had to switch that up because like, no flashback. You are not going to make me feel sorry. Use this to make me feel sorry for present day Annie. I refuse to feel sorry for present day Annie. No. And then 
Okay, I'm going to point out something that this might be the most controversial thing I've ever said on the podcast. If you swap the genders for our three main characters, the loudmouth minority of the internet would have eviscerated this show with that first trailer. Because she says, are all boys as useless as you? And the boys just agree with her. That didn't ingratiate me to those two boys either. No, no. I'm sorry. You switch that and you make it crazy narcissistic Tarzan instead of Sheena. And it's two teenage girls who get stranded on the island. And he says, are all girls as useless as you? And they agree that never would, you never would have gotten away with it. No, you never would have gotten away with it, but she gets to be that way because girl, I, it, it makes no sense, especially since in the flashback, her father dies saving her life. And she doesn't care. That that does not seem to affect her at all. Why wouldn't it? Why would she be so obnoxiously ignorant of a lot of things? Why would she have no concept of manners? Why would she have zero respect for boys? Okay, it, I'm going to jump in on this part so I can start ranting myself. Let her rip. I'll go. go this. I'll, I will give tag. her this. I'll tag you in, man. We're going to do this pro wrestling style. Yeah. You ready for this, Jacob? This yeah. is, you, you, we're a three-man tag team right now with this wench. I will give this Annie this much. She's a feral child. She was a brat when her father died, and she was left on the island all by herself. She, you can kind of see, you, you don't get a chance to see that, but good night if she, if the size of that boat she had to have been a brat she i i can see how she has no social etiquette manners whatsoever only because she's a feral child who grew up in the grew up away from every other human being for the past what eight years like I think 10 years I, I, I think yeah right like Ten, that. okay because she's 16 at the end i'm still going if she's 16 now and you had to have been what eight when you were left on this island, how do you not know your own age at this point? Is the is the weather on Skull Island this bad that you? Can't oh no, no, no she's not many... on Skull Island, man. She's not from Sorry, Skull no. Island. Sorry, let me rephrase. Pseudo Skull Island. No, <laughs> if it can't be Skull Island, let's see what's next. Cockex Island. I don't know. <laughs> Godzilla Island, Monster yeah, Island, the like Beta Site, the other Monster Island. Uh, it's just humongous island. I don't know. Yeah. Good. Maybe she nice. could be in the digital dog island. Yeah, get a Digimon to eat her. Thank you very much. And we know what feed that's her. Like. But yeah, to, <laughs> feed her to the first nasty thing you find on the island, please. Right. I I can maybe understand how she's missing social norms because she's not been around it for eight years. She's not had to think about it. However. That does not give you the right to make this character completely hateable. Exactly. And no, I don't understand why main, Charlie likes her. She is a main character. I should like her better than anyone else. Or if there's a reason I don't like her, I need it needs to be a, a flaw that she can overcome. But this is not a flaw for her to overcome. This is her personality, period. And she doesn't care if she becomes a better person or not. No, and what makes I it worse? I can understand not wanting to leave the island and go go back with her mother to New York. I get that, but at the same time, you need to understand, girl, that this world is bigger than you and these islands. Yes, you, 
And what you makes need to understand your mother was she thought you were dead. The fact that and that, that would have been painful enough as it is. Mm-hmm. Then she finds out you're alive. That's gonna that's that's gonna get her hopes. I was like, oh, my little girl's still alive. We've got to go and save her. And then you get out there, and, and then your dog, which I still is the most the, my favorite character in the show. Sure. Your dog attacks everybody, and you shoot at the dog. And of course, she doesn't understand you're there to save her. She thinks that you're here to attack her and enslave her or whatever. It's kind of what it feels like. Mm. And then you kidnap her, you chain her onto your ship. So, of course, she's not going to like that. And then, of course, she escapes. And you all... Because she's a Mary Sue. I said it. I said it. Annie has... I understand why Annie was mad at all this going on. I could see that from her point of view. But at the same time, calm your self, woman. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh you God. were ready what? with the. You were ready to have Jet censor that, weren't you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what the Jet? Stop <laughs> and think. Stop and think, Annie. For five seconds, you even if you don't realize this is your mother, you've got to, and you maybe not have seen yourself in a mirror in a while. I don't know, which I don't believe because her hair is way too nice to to be completely on that island by herself. Yeah, with not she's having barrel at all. She's she doesn't seem feral. She's got. She, she's obviously had a haircut in the last week. <laughs> Not a great haircut, but a haircut. Uh, but she cut it herself with. <laughs> which is fine. I mean, she has a mirror. That means she knows what she looks like. She ought to be able to put two and two together, like everybody else watching this stupid show, and understand that that's her mother. But obviously, she doesn't care. She doesn't care about her mother's no, feelings. She, she only cares about her. It's like, why didn't you come find me? Why didn't you just leave me alone on the island for 10 years? I'm like, she thought you were dead, wench. <laughs> well, I can even understand her not understanding that that she thought that her mother thought her she was dead. Because I can see you're in the moment. Emotions get high. It's like, everybody must. Why does my mom come save me? She must not like me. Blah, blah. Here's a question. Why does she not have... A picture of her mother on that on that island with her was there a divorce? It was you things think? bad between mother. You and know father? that actually that actually might have been a good way to humanize this person. It's just, right. <sighs> they yeah. gave us they they gave us an insufferable person as a character and gave us no way to humanize her. Yeah, none whatsoever. Okay. And then what makes it worse is even though she's supposed to, I guess you know, think that these two boys are her friends or something. And one of them is crushing on her and whatever. Yeah. And the one who's crushing on her falls into a bug pit. And then Mike's like, Hey, you better tell dog to save him because even she says there's giant ants down there. And she's just like, this is her delivery. She goes over to dog says, Hey, he says, go down and save him. Dog ignores her. Of I'm not course. even. I'm yeah. not even gonna blame dog. I'm gonna blame this all on Annie because clearly she is not communicating the severity of the situation to yeah. dog. She's not even using her friendship with yeah. dog. To yeah, get dog down there yeah. to save her. Yeah, and then Mike says, "No, tell him it's important." He says it's important. Dog just walks away, and the only reason she does anything is because Mike says you're a terrible friend, and then she's like, "How dare you call me a terrible friend?" When she were gonna let him sit down there and lay hands eat him. Shut up! 
You got anything you, for us, Jacob? Yeah, you got to get in on the tag team action. Is what makes the end of this so painful for me? Mm. Because here's the thing. They obviously are setting up for a sequel. Do I want one? No. no. <laughs> but here's the second problem. A part of me is going to want to watch it because it's like, I am now curious what happened to Mike and to Cap and to Charlie yeah. and to Kong and to Dog. And you not know what's going to happen for the second season, just the way they set it up. It's all going to be little orphan Annie running around New York. Oh, brother. Is it going to be a, so, yeah, are they going to make it a Annie, musical too? You know Kong couldn't have followed her to New York City. That would break continuity because no one's supposed to know Kong exists by the time he shows up in Godzilla versus Kong. They'll jump ahead 30 years or something and she'll be a yeah, narcissistic exactly. old lady. <laughs> Which and that's the and that's the other thing that worries me. This is part of a cinematic universe, technically. Allegedly. Allegedly. The Monsterverse has not done a good job with its human characters no. reusing them throughout the entire franchise. Yes. There's been at least there was some connection between King of the Monsters and Godzilla versus Kong, but that's it. And now I'm afraid. We're going to get some live action version of Annie either in the oh, Apple TV show that's coming up in the next no, year. No. Or Please, she's no. going to be in Godzilla and Kong, and I'm going to be sitting there going, don't bring this character. No. No. I have already, Jimmy, Jimmy will vouch for me on this. I have already started a petition that has been signed by myself and Jimmy and even my pseudo sister. To ban Annie from Monster Island. Like, do not bring her to the island. No one wants to see her. Unless they're weirdos. Do, do me a favor. Hand that petition to me right now. Here, I will Here sign you go. It. Right now. Add your names. Both of you. Here. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Annie is banned from the island. Just no. Send her back to Skull Island. We don't care. <laughs> or even the Femur Island. Yeah. I mean, the, you, 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 here, make it really amusing for all of us. Throw her back to Skull Island. Send a few camera drones to follow her, and we'll see how long she lasts. It'll be like the Hunger Games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> except the only people, except the only things that are hungry are the monsters. And I don't know, she might be so insufferable that like one of the monsters on Skull Island would, would grab her and be like, nope, and just spit her right <laughs> nope. out. <laughs> I'm not the, eating the that. The worries me is that dog is still her friend. He's got to be somewhere between those two islands because there's no way he's swimming to the mainland, wherever that is. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, that's because that's the only thing that kept the protector so far. Yeah, that's it. Was dog. It's the only reason she's alive. Yeah, yeah. and clearly she does not have the skills to pay the bills. I'm sorry. Ooh. Well, and obviously the only friend she would have would be an animal because clearly dog does not realize how insufferable she is. Exactly. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> the only friend you have is an animal who just basically loves you unconditionally. Congratulations. Yeah, exactly. Oh my. Oh. Jacob, it's your turn. Yeah, oh I tried God. to pass it off to you a few minutes ago, but no, no, yeah, no, you feel like you're good. It's the the fact that like this character, we set up that like she doesn't know things, but then all of a sudden she knows what this word means. She knows what these dialogues mean. She knows what modern language is, and yes, she's just stuck on a stupid island by herself apparently. But it looks like, according to the information we're given, there's people on the island that speak English. That speak English. She knows what's going on. She's not. 
Like she acts dumber than a brick, but she knows what's going on. She she knows about Kong. She knows all this stuff, but she's playing dumber than a brick. Well, and how would she even know any she, of that stuff? Because she's not from Skull Island. Yeah. Yes. So well, yeah, she's both incredible. This is the that's baffling. She is both incredibly stupid and unrealistically intelligent at the same time. How do you achieve that? Yeah. And you bad writing. That's how you do it. Exactly. And be like, the the fact you both Jim and did exactly right. You're like, this girl, the entire time, you have people who are being compassionate and trying to love her the entire time and ignoring them, ignoring what they're trying to do for her. And it's like, oh no, be like, you abandoned me. It's like, okay, understanding you got abandoned. Your mother didn't know this. And then she's finally trying to bring you back, trying to love on you because she loves you that much and you won't give a crap. God. And yeah. And then, oh, you want to hear some of the There's lines? You want to hear so some of the lines teenage- that, you know, these golden lines that she keeps spouting off? You know, it, I've already mentioned some of the things about the boys and, and all that, yeah. you know, and what was it? Just a, well, oh, you, I, I, you'd I, probably I, I, I die the- without me. Shut up. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> No, I was I trying. I wanted to get this point out before you got into the lines real quick. Oh, sorry. There is only so much teenage angst that works with this. Yeah. I get that that's what they're going for with this character is that, oh, she's a teenager. She hates everything. Blah, blah, blah. She has no reason to hate these people. <laughs> no. She's been on she an does. island, quote unquote, by herself for 12 she, years. She is years. not the one who is allowed to have teenage angst. Charlie, I can see having teenage angst, yeah. but I, not Annie. Yeah. No. Oh. No, she's and been sorry. herself with animals allegedly. Sorry, no, there's no, no, no. I, I, I totally get it. I, the, I'm being a bit of a terrible host. Jimmy is shaking his head at me a little bit right now. I can tell, but no, like here's some of those other golden rails, lines but- from her. <laughs> yeah, he said, "I think you're just jealous. I have an island, and you just have breakfast. Shut up." I'm a best friend. Everyone knows that. Shut yeah. up. You are not a best friend. No, no. you are not. Oh my gosh. I, I, is this an animal? I think it's an animal. I'm going to kill you if that bird kills me. I can't remember if that's her or her mother. It's that was stupid her, either her. way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and here's one. The, uh, the, this is an exchange I, she has with one of the boys. I forget who. He's, I think it's Charlie. He says, you're awake. And she says, and you're smart. Ugh. Ah. Yeah, and then she buzz kills episode seven with her psychotic laugh at the end after Charlie says, we're going to go get the monkey. And then she's like, (laughs) and then then it starts the next episode. She's like, you're stupid. That's not going to work. Shut up. In fact, that was my first note on episode eight. I just wrote, shut up, Annie. (laughs) And then I am the giant monster. And and always she says, I should have named when she fight, when she discovers cars, like you know, like oh, you're 17 or 16, whatever, you would be learning to drive a car right now. And then she looks at dog and says, "I should have named you Car." No, that's not what she says. She says, "Well, I guess I drive you around." Yeah, that's what that dumb line is. Stupid writing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. By, by the by the end of it was I, there not a script doctor on this oh they should have given it to me <laughs> i would have fixed it <laughs> i yes. would have fixed it so much i would have been like 
You need to completely rewrite this character or you need to have a lot more. You have the entire rest of the cast calling her out on her BS and Charlie should not be crushing on her. (laughs) Or actually make her live up to the hype that she is selling. Mm-hmm. She is hyping herself up throughout this entire thing, and she is probably the least helpful character in the show. Yeah, Agreed. I mean, like, she. Agreed. What does she do in the end? What does she do in the end? She rides dog carrying a, a necklace to make the monkey run after them. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's I'm glad that they didn't do something nuts like she's the one who actually kills the kraken or something ridiculous like that. Do not rob Kong of his glory. Yeah, thank you. That that would have been if that would have happened in that episode, I would have turned it off at that point, and be like, nope, I'm done. We're, we're trying to give this very unlikable character all the glory, and she doesn't need it. And like, this is a movie about Kong, not this uh, character. And what just gets to me is I have heard more though so than I've actually seen people defending this character. I even had one guy who changed his entire TikTok handle to Annie's number one fan and then basically turned his TikTok into an Annie Stan account because he honestly loves the character because he says, she's basically me if I was a girl. And he he left that comment because I did many reviews of each episode as I was watching them. And he said that to me in one of them, and I just responded with, because I'm trying not to be rude, I just responded with, I'm sorry. And then he made some dumb comment about how he loves her and hates himself or something. I'm like, you are weird, and I don't understand you. I'm going to leave that alone right now. That is a hornet's nest. I do not want to even yeah, budge. Yeah, exactly. And you're a weirdo. <laughs> now, I, I can understand where people would be like, oh, I really enjoy this. I really enjoy this. But if you're looking at like the story itself and the writing yeah. itself and be like, oh, I can relate to that character. Oh, can, you can relate to a complete narcissist who hates everybody else around her. I, I, I think about everything. The, the fact that there are people who like her and relate to her, I think says more about the times in which we live Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. The audience, that audience response, which I'm assuming is a minority, but that audience response probably says more. Yeah, like I said about the times we live in than the people who made it. True. Yeah. <sighs> and like I said, and this is coming from the same guy who wrote Love and Monsters. Love and Monsters was not like this. <laughs> Love and Monsters was like episode seven. Because <laughs> I thought, I really thought the Island Girl. For a minute and for a hot minute, I thought, like, you just got to the same level as Annie. How dare you say Kong is not a king and he's just a dumb animal? But then she came back around because she had an arc. Annie has nothing. None of these characters have any arc whatsoever. Very, very little arc. And very Annie little. is just the worst one of it because not only because she, because she has no redeeming qualities. No. I could forgive Charlie and Mike and Cap for a lot of things and pretty much every other character. I can forgive a lot if we had, if, if it was written better, but there is no excuse for Annie, no matter how good the writing is, because she's just the most unlikable character. Maybe you could make it work if you, if you did something that made me like her, but this character I feel was written to make people hate her. 
I don't know. I, I can't see. That's the thing. I don't like know. I'm yeah. not entirely convinced that these writers necessarily meant for people to hate her. They, I swear to you, they must have thought because these boss babe type characters are just popular in Hollywood right now, despite the fact that people generally reject them. They seem to think, oh, people love characters like this, but we don't. You need to stop giving us these characters and then get mad at us when we don't like them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just, there's a huge disconnect with that. That's what gets to me. If the idea was you're supposed to hate her, you succeeded, but I don't think that was the case because if, because I think the writing would have been better if the idea was you're supposed to hate her. Because if you're supposed to hate her, why is Charlie in love with her? Other than the fact that he's dumb. <laughs> it needs to I meet more girls. So hard not to reference a character in Star Trek Discovery. Which one? I, I am surprised you couldn't guess from that, from what I just said. Which character? Is that Michael Burnham? Yes. So this is the same character traits. <laughs> Except you're supposed to not like her because she's the first mutineer of Starfleet. Except I I give them credit. I think they were trying to course correct as the show went on. We're not getting into that because this is not a Star Trek discovery. I know it's not, but I'm just saying trying. Maybe not succeeding, but trying. I'm just saying the best thing to come out of Discovery was Strange New Worlds. I was gonna say Saru, but what you know, but that's I like Saru also, but, yeah, really, but that's a whole other that's a whole other Anson ball of wax right Pike there. Is, but Hanson Mountis Pike is the most brilliant casting decision I've ever seen. So Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Moving on. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I had to talk about better shows. Yes, I I understand. <laughs> I understand. Yes, it was cathartic. Was it cathartic for you, gentlemen? <laughs> Oh, I've been wanting to say something since I finished that episode yesterday. It was very decompressing. Very. It was very helpful. It was like, oh, the 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 dogs come out of the kennel. Obviously, we heard them earlier. Yes, we did for for a change, and uh, it was very soothing to finally just erupt in the frustration of the show and and Mm. like, yeah, again, thank you very much, Nate, for. Pointing us through this and be like, allowing us to, to to bash this character into oblivion. Yeah. Oh, we do, we needed to. Oh, we needed to. And I yes. I'm a I am would not be surprised if there was some form of backlash, but I really don't care because I because we actually have a foundation to stand on. Unlike I think most of the counter arguments we might get. Yes. Yeah. I haven't heard any yes. good ones. Because mo- hey, more people, more people uh, interface with either one of us. That's just going to push our numbers up. And hey, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, true. Yeah. It's, so, it's I mean, so true. It's like, oh my gosh, what are these people? What are these guys talking about? Hey, I want to listen to that. Yeah. Oh, they hate Daddy. Oh, dare they hate Daddy? Yeah. Ah. Oh, oh, wait, they might actually have a good point. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't want to admit this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That that anyway, I think I'm yeah. gonna that ranked as one of my favorite rant masters, and it's not even on the power trip. <laughs> Uh, that was that was wonderful that so was wonderful all right let's that was, move that was actually that was better than the one the one i did on the power trip <laughs> i gave you one retroactively admittedly <laughs> i immediately jumped into it before you could hit the button yeah you did <laughs> you did all right let's move on all 
All right. Yeah, we've gone on a little longer than I was expecting. I once uh, we're at a point where we're going to start wrapping things up. Normally, we would have the typical MIFV shenanigans and theatrics for things like our Patreon shoutouts. But I'm just going to read them off here really quick, because, like I said, we got to start wrapping things up here. You know, there's some listener feedback and all that that I'm going to save for some future episodes. So. Our MIFV Max patrons on Patreon, Th- a big thank you to Travis Alexander, Danny Demana, Eli Harris, Bex from Redeemed Otaku, Damon Noise, The Cellcast, you guys, so thank you, Tofu Fury, Eric Anderson, Ted Williams, Winja the Ninja, Brad Batman, Edelman, Christopher Reiner, The Indiscrite One, and we got not one, not two, but three new patrons in the last month or so. So big shout out to Jake Hambrick, Edwin Gonzalez, and Matt Walsh, but not that Matt Walsh. <laughs> so specific. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you got? Okay, so our patron shout-out, we got pauljpowers.com, Book of Gaming, Ashley and Francisco Ruiz, and we just added, it appears, Kiana McNabb. So, Oh, congratulations. Congratulations, gentlemen. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. All right, and now we all know what time it is, and apparently this is another catchphrase I am becoming well-known for. Shameless self-promotion! So, really quick, check out Kaiju Ramen Magazine, where I am the editor and one of the staff writers. We got issue 9 out right now. Issue 10 will be out soon. Also, check out my other podcast, Henshin Men, a podcast about the appreciation of Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and eye-kicking adventures and the power trip. A journey through the Power Rangers franchise, although we're doing some Super Sentai and comic book coverage right now. My friend uh, my friend Michael Hamilton and I, while we're waiting for 30th anniversary Power Rangers stuff. And I am also a cast member for the X-Men audio drama and the Power Rangers audio drama for Scyther Inc. Productions. And I'm frequently on Kaiju Weekly. I'm on their pa- rotating panel of hosts. So, mm-hmm. and check out my author website, NathanJSMarchin.com, and all the socials will be in the credits, which you should listen to. Anyway. Okay, I'm going to start this off doing my best Nathan James Norman impression. This podcast is part of the Culture Box Media Network. For more for more shows like this, listen to, go to culturebox.media. Anyway, also, Cellcast Podcast is our podcast. We review animated movies and television shows. Come join us over there. We are coming up on some fun months here yeah. coming soon. It's going to be fun. Yes, especially if you like to hear more bashing of bad stuff, because oh. we do have bad movie month coming. Oh, is bad oh, movie month coming back? People. Just, oh just, just yes. wait. Just wait. We got we got some interesting ideas coming down the pike. Yes. Uh, also, also myself, I am uh, <laughs> I'm a cast member on uh, Gospel by Gaslight, uh, which is coming back uh, soon. So keep an eye out for that. Jake. <laughs> so where? <laughs> you can so easily. Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron, and also you can find my Jacob's Daily Art Corner where I try, draw, try to draw each and every day. I'm not successful at it all the time, but I try. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Jacob Heron. All right. One last thing before we sign out. Normally, this would be about the point. Well, actually, it would be before the shameless self-promotion, but where I would be promoting the next couple of episodes. 
I'm actually not going to do that necessarily. I am going to mention that we are going to do another episode like this in a few short months because we got another kaiju animated project coming up. Camera Rebirth. We're getting back together to talk about that, and hopefully it's better than this. Gamera, Gamera, Gamera is really neat. He is filled with turtle turtle meat. We've been eating Gamera. (laughs) And Jacob is like, I don't know what you nerds are talking about. Exactly. (laughs) We've heard it once before because I I had to to play it last year on something. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, we're looking forward to that when that comes back around. Yes. And like I said, hopefully. I think I may have forgot to tell Jacob we were talking about that. Yeah, hey, 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 it's it's Gamera, it's Japanese, it, it and it's only it's six a episodes. giant turtle that is not Bowser. Bro. He has a giant turtle who can fly like a flying saucer because his leg holes are jets, and he breathes fire. Somehow. So, he, so he's not a Ninja Turtle? He's the original Ninja Turtle, sir. Yes. <laughs> as... as Weirdly, as he shows up in that first movie out of nowhere half the time. <laughs> Although the thing out about Gamera, he has a he has a dozen movies to his credit, and the quality of them is all over the place. Generally, Godzilla films are fairly consistent. Even you know, there's some dips in quality, obviously, but they don't dip as low as Gamera does. That's the problem. Like the old Gamera movies, mediocre to absolutely terrible. In fact, one of them is the one of the worst kaiju movies I've ever seen. But then you get to the 90s where he came back with a vengeance and had three of the best kaiju movies ever made, plus a really underrated one that was made after that. I need to finish the Heisei stuff because I've only watched the first one. Oh, Guardian of the Universe is great. I've seen Guardian of the Universe. They only get better. They and that was only because that. it was randomly on Hulu and I had two hours to kill. Yep. So I like, oh, I heard this on MIFE. I, I bet I'll enjoy this movie. Yeah. But that's what's wacky about Gamera. Now he's getting an anime. So we'll see how that goes. Why not? It's working for everybody else. I mean, yeah, that he he's joining the anime club now because Godzilla has an anime. <laughs> Kong has a anime. And well, no, Kong had an anime in the 60s. So I have to retract that. And now mm-hmm. Gamera is finally getting one. So. The big three. Now Gamera just needs a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, my. Oh, Anyway. All right. And until next time, kaiju lovers. In the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. Jimmy, cue the credits. Thank you for listening to The Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast produced and hosted by Nate Marchand. If you want to join the discussion and be heard on the show, we'd love to hear from you. So email us at feedback at monsterislandfilmvault.com. Our website is monsterislandfilmvault.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Monster Island Film Vault and on Twitter, where our handle is at TheMonsterIsla1. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, and TikTok. Follow Jimmy from NASA on Twitter at NASA Jimmy and our many other colorful characters using the links in the show notes. The podcast logo was created by Tyler Souls from TylerDrawsComics.com. Our theme song is Wanderer on the Offensive, live edit by B33J, Serax, Juan Madrono, and Nonsensical Lexus. 
which is a remix of Counterattack, Battle with the Colossus, and The Opened Way, Battle with the Colossus, by Koatani from the video game Shadow of the Colossus. All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. You can also support us by joining MIFV Max on Patreon. The Monster Island Film Vault is a Moonlighting Ninjas Media production. Sayonara! <laughs>